Where does idealism go, do you think? Is it just one of those things that as we age we, we get more pragmatic, more resigned to how little we can do to improve ourselves? Or could it be that released from the many demands of family life, of middle or old age, that's the time to unleash the fire and get on with changing the world or fixing doorknobs? whatever your fancy is. I don't think Liz Bursky, novelist, lecturer and former ABC broadcaster, is ever going to give up her personal activisms in favour of a quiet life in front of the telly. How are you, Liz? I'm well, thanks, uh, Gillian. Wonderful to talk to you. How do you turn that passion for wanting to things to improve into, into books rather than um, ear bashings? <laughs> well, that's been the challenge for me in writing fiction because uh, as a, originally I was a print journalist and I'd written non-fiction books and so um, I was used to bashing people with what they needed to know, you know, what they should know to make things right for them. Uh, and it took me quite a time to find ways of expressing um, my passions and my commitments in, in fiction. Um, in fact, when I wrote my first book, first novel, Gang of Four, um, one one publisher sent it back and said, is this polemic or is it supposed to be fiction? <laughs> so, But that was incredibly helpful and um, I was able to, to, to fix it then because, I, I mean, I wanted to write about older women and I wanted to write about women's friendship and I wanted to write about feminism. And, and, I, and I had come to the women's movement in the, in the 70s through women's fiction, through consciousness-raising fiction. So I had to go back to that and look at what I was doing wrong and see what would work for today. But and how did you, um, I mean, just thinking back to those times, mm. it was very different. I mean, people were so much more, mm. my dim, dim memory of mum and her caftans, <laughs> much more active. Yes, yes, we were. And um, we were pretty out there. And the fiction of that time, of course, is very out there. It's quite confronting. And some of the rhetoric in it is pretty boring um, when you go back to it all these years later. Um, so it was, uh, for me, it was, it was the, the battle between trying to work out what was acceptable now in terms of the way that people want to read fiction. Um, the issues are still the same. Many of the issues are still the same. It was just finding a gentler, less confronting way to deal with it. To infiltrate. Infiltrate, yes. <laughs> Subversion. Are you still <laughs> so, an, been doing. so are you still an idealist, do you think? Well, well, I, I suppose so. But I think, you know, over a period of time, you, you do change. You, you become more pragmatic pragmatic about some things, but then other things you get more enraged about and, and more idealistic about because you think you can see what's possible um, and you want to make it happen. So, so what, what enrages you now? Well, oh, heaps of things. Where would, how long have we got? Three hours? Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, what enrages me at the moment um, is the attitude, what, I, what I'd call the new sexism. And this is a, quite a strong Yeah, theme this is the theme in, in, in Last my present Cafe. Yes. Um, and I was feeling so angry when I wrote it. I was absolutely boiling about the, the idea of um, uh, 
uh, children being sexualized at at such such a young age you know little girls in in um in leotards pad you know padded, padded bras, bras. Mm. this this week Ab- last week Abercrombie and Fitch brought out a padded bikini top for a, for seven year olds so and little girls learning pole dancing and dressing up as playboy bunnies and doing pageants like that and dressed up at, at like adult beauty pageant queens and I, I think it's you know, I've always been very concerned about the way that women are represented in popular culture, and you know, back in the in the seventies and eighties, we were fighting the, those sexualized images of women um, in most inappropriate situations. So now it's moved down to little girls, and and what I see happening is that little girls are are being encouraged to look like adult women when they're very small and through th- to into their teenage years. They get into their teenage years, they look even more like adult women, they're overtly sexualized, and um, then they get into their 20s and then they realise uh, how sad it is to get old and that everyone is trying not to be old and trying to look younger and passes younger. And that's why we have so many twenty young women in their twenties who are having cosmetic surgery, and I believe it's the highest um, a number of uh, procedures and uh, invasive procedures as well uh, in cosmetic surgery are performed on on young women in their twenties. Now, if you look at those women, they're just beautiful, and yes, they're sexy and they're gorgeous, and how sad that they think that this is not good enough and that it's not okay to look old. So I was feeling really enraged about this and having already let out some of some of my spleen on on depictions of older women um, and and had lots of, of mail from readers about it, um, I was thinking, well, when is, when is it okay for a woman to look the age she is? The little ones have to look older. And then as soon as they become adults, they've got to try and look younger. And why? Why, why do we have to battle ageing? Actually, ageing is really nice. I'm enjoying it enormously. I'm having a lot of fun. Um, it's the best time of my life. But if you're trying to fight it off, you're not going to have a good old age. And by trying to pass as younger, you're lying to yourself and everybody else. And that's no way to live. So this is me changing the world with one book, of course. It's <laughs> <laughs> a start. Liz Bursky's our guest on Afternoons, 21 minutes past one. So, so what, do you, what, what do you love then about ageing? Uh, well, I stopped holding my stomach in. Uh, which is a great relief. I've stopped wearing shoes without heels, but to get more with, with heels. But to get more serious, I love the sense of self that I've developed in my old When does age. that happen, do you suppose? Well, it, it, it began with me in my early 50s because I'd made up my mind that 50 was going to be a turning point for me and it was going to be a good one. So I'd thought about it a lot, what I wanted for myself, the sort of person I wanted to be as I got old. But I don't think I really came into it until my late 50s. And 60 was fantastic, absolutely fantastic feeling of, well, I've made it here 60 years. You know, some of my friends haven't made it this far. And I'm so lucky to be here. And and it's almost, I have a responsibility to make the most of it. So I really don't care now what people think of me. It's nice if they like me. um, But if they don't, well, that's okay. Um, You can't go through the world 
pleasing people all the time and I had done quite a lot of that in my earlier life. Um, I love the the fact that I want less. Uh, that's such a relief to want and you less. Mean, you mean material things? Material things, yes, yes. You work out really, well, I've worked out what's important to me um, and uh, the need to go shopping has gone out the window. And um, also... The sense that there is time, although it's running out. So I'm really lucky to be here. I might not have made it this far. I must make the most of the time that I've got, but in a sort of peaceful, tranquil sort of way. That's what I love. Liz Bursky's our guest on Afternoons and, and uh, you talk about friendships and this is another theme in, in Last Ch- Chance Cafe, these enduring friendships and and they're different, I think, the, the female friendships to, to male friendships but that's that's something that's obviously touches you as well and, and comes out in, in your work. Where does that come from? Have you got those sort of friendships? Well, it comes from growing up in a time where I had, as, as a child and a teenager, I had lots of girlfriends and then I got married. And when you got married in the, in the early 60s, you were supposed to get rid of your girlfriends, you know, you could send them Christmas cards and so on. But, um, you know, the husband might feel threatened by them. So, so that always had to come first. And I saw my mother, um, who lived until she was 87, um, friendless in her old age. She had no women friends. And because she had given them up for my father and for me, and I thought, I don't want to be like that. And so in, the, um, in, the, in my 50s, well, probably earlier than that, I began to rediscover women's friendship and it became incredibly precious to me. Um, and even, you know, during the, when I was busier, when I had young children and when I was in the women's movement, had friends then but less time to spend with them. Um, so to me, women's friendship has been very precious I mean, it is my women friends who've been there for me when, when there have been crises. I've been a, a sole parent for a very long time. So when there were crises, it was my women friends who came around with soup or, or, or just hugs and, you know, someone to talk to. Large bottles of wine. Large bottles of wine and chocolate, severe quantities of chocolate. Um, and I think that this was something that emerged for women of my age Um, as a result of the women's movement, suddenly it was okay to go out with your friends for dinner, with your women friends, and and be having a good time. I mean, I can remember when, you know, some of us would go out for dinner a little earlier than that. And one for one thing, you couldn't sit there and laugh and have a good time without blokes coming over and assuming you were there to pick them up. Um, The other thing was that or you were disapproved of. So if you were sitting laughing, having a drink and, and, and a meal and seemed to be having a very good time without men, that wasn't a very good thing either. But now I think women really celebrate their friendships. Um, most of them have close friends. Many have wide circles of friends. And, and those friendships really matter and they last. So it's been central to my life and, and more and more I think it's central to you know huge numbers of women. Can I just um, read you this text from Alan, Liz? He, he wants um, us to let you know, I think Liz is a very sexy woman. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Alan. <laughs> I wonder if I know Alan. 
<laughs> well, you <laughs> possibly better than you think. Liz, it's just wonderful to talk to you. It's just always great to catch up. The book is Last Chance Cafe, and our, our guest has been Liz Bursky, the fabulous Liz Bursky. Thank you so much. Thank you, Gillian.